Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Are you excited? Are you excited to be back after Thanksgiving? I know it's tough. If there's a reason why Thanksgiving is one of the most popular holidays and the most heavily traveled holiday, it's because it's a built-in four-day weekend or four-day stretch where a lot of people are off and... Then a lot of people end up taking other days off as well. And so it's always tough. If you're not the kind of person who has the whole week between Christmas and New Year's off, you know who you are. Not sure how I feel about you guys. But if you're not the person who takes off that entire holiday week at the end of the year, well, Thanksgiving is really your best chance to get away for an extended stretch. I got to see the airports firsthand traveling on Thanksgiving weekend. It wasn't originally what I planned, but because of a, a situation, a, a death in Bob's family, I was back in Texas over the weekend. For the first time in my life, I arrived at an airport more than 90 minutes ahead of time. <laughs> I never do that, except for I'm traveling internationally, which this was not international. I was just heading back to Texas. And so on Friday, the airports were not crazy, at least the two that I was in, Newark, and flew direct to Austin, Texas. Actually didn't have much trouble getting into Austin or picking up my rental car. You know where I saw all the craziness was Black Friday around the outlets. For those of you who are familiar with the Austin area, you go a little north on I-35 and you head into Round Rock and there are these outlets where the, I mean, the traffic was enough to make you want to break out in hives. Uh, thankfully, was able to get through that and just stay on the highway and stay focused on the goal. But my goodness, on either side, the frontage roads and the parking lots and the access to try to get in and out of the outlets and on and off the highway, total insanity. This is why I do not shop in stores on Black Friday. <laughs> but got into Texas relatively easy. Then was thinking, okay, Sunday is the most heavily traveled day of the year. The numbers at U.S. airports this Thanksgiving weekend were projected to be far above anything we'd seen going back to 18, 2018. So even higher than pre-pandemic levels in the year 19. And I was nervous because I generally do not fly on Thanksgiving, haven't for a long time. So I <laughs> left Bob's family at 2.45 in the morning on Sunday, which I'm not kidding, is about, well, actually, it was central time, right? So it would have been, uh, it would have been just almost 24 hours now. And I left 
their home at 2.45 in the morning. I drove into Austin to drop off my rental car, walk into the airport. Okay, speaking of breaking out in hives, thank goodness I do not fly Southwest very often. The line at the Southwest counter had to be 500 people. This is at 4 o'clock in the morning. Actually, it's pre-4 o'clock in the morning because I dropped off the rental right there on the property and they just walked through the parking garage and, and across the street. It had to be 500 people. Okay, I'm breathing. I'm on United. I'm not going to freak out. I get to the United counter. There's almost nobody in line. So that was the first thing that I was very grateful for. Then, as you can imagine, the security lines are also hundreds of people. Three to 400 people in the first security line I passed. I went down the the hallway, down the concourse to the next one. Now, I have TSA pre-check. But even there, it was a 20-minute line. No big deal. I'm at the airport, airport two hours ahead of time. But then this TSA agent starts talking about how we've just opened a new TSA line, a new TSA pre-check line. If you just get out of this line and and go back, kind of retrace your steps a little bit and get to the, the next corner and take a right, there's nobody in line there. But you know how people are. People get nervous about leaving their spot in line, and so they're afraid to to believe what the TSA agent is saying. Maybe I won't get there in time. It's like going to the grocery store or Walmart or any place where there are long lines, and you think if you jump out of your line and then you move, you've lost your place, and oh no, by the time I get to the other line, a bunch of people will be in that line too, and what have I done? And so I ask her again, where do I go? Just down the hall, take a right, nobody in line. Okay, I'm going to trust you. She was spot on. It took me 30 seconds to get to the other TSA pre-check line. Not one person in front of me. I was through security on Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend in three minutes. (laughs) TSA pre-check is the best investment of my entire life. Other than my house, because I need one of those. TSA pre-check is... Worth its weight in gold, which is why that's what Jay is getting for Christmas present because he'll he'll think I'm his BFF forever. I hope that if you had to travel, oh, and then I ended up sitting at the, at my gate for almost ninety minutes, which was kind of funny too because I felt like it not a waste of time. It wasn't a waste. It reduced my stress level to be there early and to not have to worry about what I might find. I did get a bunch of reading done, which was good. It was uh, nice to just sit on my rear end and read while everybody else buzzed around me. Uh, so, yes, it, it was the easiest travel experience I've had on a holiday in I don't know how long. So I'm thankful for that. I hope that you did not have travel snafus or delays. I do know that there was a ton of weather that was impacting the airports going back to Tuesday. And then also... If you watched Bill's Eagles, for uh, instance, or if you watched the Giants-Patriots game. So both of those were the Northeast Corridor, uh, but that storm system was marching up the coast. So I can imagine Interstate 95, which also tracks up the coast on the east side, uh, that that there were a ton of people who were in that traffic. Uh, But I hope it wasn't you. I hope it wasn't you. What are the chances that after? Everyone listening to the sound of my voice had a perfect travel experience. I really do hope and believe that your Thanksgiving was exactly what you needed. And in some cases, we need to work. 
for years. In fact, the last two years I worked on Thanksgiving night because I did not travel. Uh, And so I hope that your Thanksgiving week was exactly what you needed, uh, whether it was time off with family or friends, uh, whether it was the food, the fellowship, the fun, the faith, uh, the football, of course. Um, I did talk about this a little bit on the air before our break, and I did tweet about it a little bit. Uh, Also had a new blog post out, uh, thanks to those of you who checked it out. But my Thanksgiving plans ended up getting canceled. Uh, Bob's too. We were supposed to meet halfway. But because of the death in his family, we ended up changing plans. And I was going to spend Thanksgiving alone for the first time in my life. No joke. I'd never spent Thanksgiving by myself. I'd always had friends when I was living away from family or I would travel to be with family. And so it was, yeah, it was not what I expected. I ended up buying a turkey breast, which I cooked in the crock pot. It was amazing. (laughs) From now on, turkey in the crock pot. It was so easy. Uh, I also ended up making not one, but two walnut crunch pecan, or no, I'm sorry, walnut crunch pumpkin pies, pumpkin pies. Uh, Because the first one, I lit on fire. That's an epic food story that you will need to hear. I know many of you love to hear baking stories, and I do love to brag about my baking. But I'm not kidding or exaggerating when I tell you I set a pie on fire. It's not as easy as you would think. I did not use any sort of matches or flame, and it was not intentional. Uh, So that'll be an epic food story that I'll be telling you for years, I'm sure. Uh, We probably won't get to it on this edition of the show, but I promise before the week is up to warn you what not to do in these holidays. (laughs) There is a photo, but I don't think I'm brave enough to share it. It's not the flames because I was busy trying to put the flames out, but it is a photo of the aftermath. It's not my finest baking moment, okay? I did not cry Uh, because I was too concerned about putting out the fire. Uh, I briefly thought maybe I should grab the fire extinguisher, and then I recognized that if I did that, my kitchen would have to be completely redone. So I did not use the fire. No, Jay's got his mouth open. I'm not exaggerating. It was a fire in my oven. The the pie was on fire, And, and there's a reason why it was on fire, but I... I just can't get into it all I right now. You do. How about we promise that on the second show of the week, I will share the story multiple times so that everyone can hear it. The fact that I did set a pie on fire and my oven and had a flame going in my kitchen. Oh my gosh. Almost had to use a fire extinguisher. Oh yeah. No, but I realized that that was not the best option because what? W- uh, then what was I going to do? Right th- then, I would have had to redo my entire kitchen. So no, that I had to figure out a different way to put the fire out. Okay, this is gonna kill me until I hear this story. <laughs> like I said, there's photographic evidence. Not not sure that I'll ever let it see the light of day. I did send it to a few people just because it was funny after the fact. But then I had to turn around and make an all new pie on Wednesday. So that was Tuesday evening. I had to make a brand new pie on Wednesday, but. Actually, Jay, I did save you some of the walnut crunch pumpkin pie. It is amazing when you don't set it on fire. When the entire top of it's not charred and burnt to a crisp, it's really good. When it's not on fire, it tastes good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, it sounds great. It sounds delicious. I mean, it looked like something out of Cirque du Soleil. It was just... <laughs> 
Or like out of some fancy restaurant where they do, in fact, set your desserts on fire. And it's supposed to be on uh, on purpose, but this was not on purpose. You could have just played it off like that. Oh, yeah, I meant to. Flambe. Uh, yeah, it was supposed to be that. But the problem is that I, I didn't have a pie that I could serve. And when my friend Jasmine from my church found out that I was going solo for Thanksgiving, she reached out and invited herself to eat, which was nice because she also did not have plans on Thanksgiving. Her family's not into Thanksgiving for whatever reason. And so she ended up coming over and hanging out with me, which was really cool. I will confess, I would have been melancholy and probably sad uh, for Bob and for his family, but also for being alone on Thanksgiving, if not for my friend Jasmine, who invited herself over. So I am thankful for that. Thankful for friends who barge in and decide that I will not be alone on Thanksgiving. So it was really sweet of her. Uh, So, yeah, it was not the Thanksgiving week that I expected. There is definitely some some grief and some some loss and some sadness with my new family. Uh, But I am really glad I could be with them over the weekend and offer some support and and love. And it was hard to leave them on Sunday morning. But the wedding is three weeks away. That's the that's the crazy part. After having all of our plans thrown in flux uh, and having to kind of pivot and put wedding planning on hold for a few days, actually close to 10 days, now it's a mad blitz. It's a zero blitz, if you will, to the wedding in three weeks. You guys, in exactly three weeks' time, I'll be a married woman. <laughs> that makes my stomach do flip-flops. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I will be with you for the next, I don't know, two and a half weeks-ish. And then we begin the the wedding odyssey, which is a drive back to Texas. Oi. Bob is flying up to help me drive Penny and the dress and the flowers and who knows what else back to Texas uh, since I'll be gone for 18 days. If you missed me over Thanksgiving week, I know there were one or two of you. You're really going to miss me over the course of the holidays, but I'll be back Christmas night. That's all I can say. Bob and I would be will be out of time off at that point, so we will, in fact, well, I'll be working Christmas night, and he'll be working the next few days before we make the drive uh, back to New Jersey. So, yeah, there's a lot happening in the next four weeks. Four weeks, really, you guys. It's almost four weeks to the end of the year. Whoa. It felt like it was so slow for the majority of 2023 and then afterburners. Tyreek Hill turned the corner. Lamar Jackson, a cheat code type of a run. And now it's all gas, no brakes to the end of the year. Let's get it, baby. Yeah, no joke. Thanksgiving had football on the actual Turkey Day plus Black Friday for the first time ever. You know the NFL is not giving up these days anymore. Pretty soon there'll be a Wednesday before Thanksgiving game too. Just watch. It's going to happen. I warn you that once the NFL gets its its hooks into a particular day of the week, more real estate, it's like urban sprawl. The league doesn't like to backtrack. And so it was just waiting for an opportunity to put a game on a Friday, an actual official game on a Friday. Pretty soon there'll be one on Wednesday, the night before Thanksgiving as well. Just wait. It's going to happen. So we had four games before we got to the weekend. Then we had an epic Saturday in college football. You know, it was rivalry weekend. Awesome. OSU Michigan. But as, as great as that game was, and I ended up having to tape it because I was I was at a funeral, but I taped the game 
And that game was highly entertaining between two of the top teams in college football. But it did not beat watching Auburn, Alabama, which was good to the last drop. Another crazy finish to the Iron Bowl. And I was watching it with a a very large group, uh, Bob's family, all together after the funeral. And it, it... Yeah, the reaction in Texas, where college football is the lifeblood, that was pretty, it was pretty cool. Um, Boys, girls, young men and women, older men and women, it it didn't matter your shape, your size, your age, we were all hanging on every last snap of the Iron Bowl. Uh, So that was awesome. And then, of course, week 12, Sunday in the NFL, which featured... Not just an overtime game between Bills and Eagles, which we will get to, but also the resurgence of the Jaguars, the Chiefs, the Texans and Jaguars actually dueling down to the death. Okay, that's very Hunger Games-ish. It wasn't quite that dramatic, but it felt that way. Uh, And then Ravens staking their claim as the best team in the AFC as they go into their bye. And so we're talking about some really cool finishes, some fantastic finishes. And I'm excited to share them, my thoughts on them, but also to hear from you what you thought of week 12 in the NFL. So you can find me on Twitter, Radio. Again, happy Thanksgiving to you. I still have leftovers. I know some of you do as well. I'm seeing your tweet. So Radio. Our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, and then also our Facebook page. Link to the new blog is up, as well as a spot where we'll put our Monday MVP poll. I appreciate all the kind words and messages. It's one of those times over Thanksgiving where I wish I could respond to all of them, uh, but it's just not possible. And also they would kick me off of Twitter. They would say X marks the spot, and that would be the end. It would be where my Twitter grave lies which actually might not be a bad thing. But I do love the videos of baby animals. Thanks for hanging out with us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We're just kicking off a new work week. It's going to feel strange. We're a little fatter. Okay, I'm a little fatter. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Second and goal for the Ravens from the Charger three. Bateman splits to the left. Just Edwards alone in the backfield. Ricard goes in motion. Jackson drops to throw, lobs to the end zone. Touchdown, Ravens! It's Zay Flowers in the back of the end zone, and the Ravens have their first lead of the night. Off the field, on the money, and after hours, it's time to talk football with Amy Lawrence. What a weekend it was. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four consecutive days of football. It is an American Thanksgiving tradition. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Excited to dive into what we saw in week 12. We'll mix in some college as well because we're getting closer to those conference championships in the college ranks. But the last game of the night is where we'll start, as always. Sunday night football, and the Ravens are able to cap a six-and-a-half-minute possession in the first half with a Zay Flowers touchdown grab. But they're only up 10-3 at the break. This was... Another one of those games where the Ravens defense was flexing its muscles and there were missed opportunities for the offense. We hadn't seen that as much lately, but the Ravens really couldn't generate a whole lot outside of, yes, utilizing the run game. They had nearly 200 yards rushing and mixing up the looks with Lamar and the rookie Keaton Mitchell and Zay Flowers. Gus Edwards, not to mention Odell Beckham Jr., back actually at SoFi Stadium for the first time since the Super Bowl. Remember when he had the catch for the Rams and then tore his ACL? A lot of different guys involved for the Ravens, but unable really to capitalize on most of their opportunities. Something that's been familiar for Baltimore this season. However, the defense is opportunistic. And outside of the opening drive for the Chargers that resulted in a field goal, which is actually probably their best look of the entire game, maybe maybe that late touchdown drive. Uh, otherwise, they had three turnovers in the first half. Three consecutive possessions by the Chargers that resulted in takeaways for that Baltimore defense. Um, and really the microcosm of the Chargers season and maybe the microcosm of who the Chargers are As a franchise, at least what we know of them over the last 20 years, they can look like world beaters, but they find ways to lose. They find ways, creative ways to not capitalize on the talent they have, on this great quarterback they have, on the defense and the weapons they have on that side of the ball. Somehow, And it doesn't make sense on paper. The Chargers can take what appears to be a fantastic formula on paper and still not put the pieces together. It's like a really bad game of rock, paper, scissors where the paper just keeps losing. You just keep trying, but the paper just keeps losing. So there was a a drive for the Chargers. That goes nearly nine minutes. And it's 
end of the, well, it's not really end of the third quarter, most of the third quarter into the fourth quarter. Except that after going, this is crazy, nine minutes, 19 plays, the Chargers actually come away empty. Third and 13. Herbert to throw. Pocket collapsing. He's hit. Ball comes loose. Jadavian Clowney stripped the ball away. A pile up in the 22-yard line. And the Ravens have recovered. Jadavian Clowney forces the fourth Charger turnover of the night. And the Ravens squash the best drive of the night for L.A. 19 plays. And it ends with the fourth turnover. That's Jerry Sandusky on Ravens Radio. Typical to form, though, what do the Chargers do? Well, to keep it interesting or to make it look like it wasn't nearly as bad as it was, they somehow find a rhythm later when they're nearly out of time. 6-12 on third down. Third and goal from the three. Keenan Erickson outright. Eckler in motion. That's where he's looking. To the goal line. Into the end zone. Touchdown. Chargers. Gerald Everett just outside the left hash. Matt Smith on Chargers Radio. Yeah, that's the middle of the fourth quarter, and it pulls L.A. within three points. Again, Baltimore not taking advantage of its chances and actually only got into the red zone a couple of times. Uh, Baltimore did have a missed field goal late in the fourth quarter, too, where there was a chance to make this a little stickier and a little tougher for the Chargers. But once again, it's the defense that has to do the dirty work, uh, getting the pressure on Justin Herbert and forcing an incompletion on fourth down. So then Baltimore, again, just protecting a a one-score lead at this point, uh, decides, all right, we've had enough messing around here. Lamar in the shotgun. He sends Zay Flowers wide to the right. Now he brings Flowers in motion to the left. He gives it to Flowers on the jet sweep. He cuts inside the numbers. He's in the 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Ravens! The Zay is in the board! And the Ravens knock out the Chargers in L.A. Proud of the players, the way they played. I thought the fourth quarter uh, was a statement. And putting an exclamation point in the fourth quarter. Defense getting the stops uh, and offense finishing it at the end there. So um, defensively, I think, deserves an extra, extra shout. Uh, that's a really good offense. Uh, the pressure, the coverage, and the turnovers were big. And then Broderick Washington get, getting a sack at the end was really special. So now the Ravens are 9-3. and three. John Harbaugh's team, 9-3, and three, which means they've got the best record in the AFC by one win. All right, so they go into their bye with the best mark in the conference, but there are multiple teams. In fact, all the division leaders are also sitting on three losses. So this is, I mean, this is tight. We knew the AFC would be a buzzsaw. It would be really competitive. It's just not bode well for the Buffalo Bills. Although, right now, if the Denver Broncos can be sitting in a playoff spot or the Indianapolis Colts can be sitting in playoff position, then there's still plenty of time for the Bills. But the Dolphins, the Jaguars, the Chiefs, they're all 8-3. and three. The Ravens, 9-3. and three. And so they would be the top seed. But the playoffs don't begin today. I, I See, I break this rule every time. I'm such a hypocrite. I hate that phrase, if the playoffs begin today, because they don't. And there's really a lot of real estate left. And yet, it's so enticing to point out that, wow, they're in a real good spot.
It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. John Harbaugh loves what he saw from the defense with the four takeaways, the three sacks of Herbert, lots of pressure on the Chargers quarterback, but also raving about what the Ravens can do offensively. Today's electric. Uh, he he, uh, ball in his hands. We have a lot of guys like that. I mean, it starts with our quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who just set the all-time uh, rushing record for a quarterback in NFL history. That's a that's a that's a historic. Uh, statement for him but he's just playing the game out there and competing I think Odell came out especially in the first half and had a bunch of plays I mean you can name guy after guy who made plays when plays had to be made Gus running the ball downhill Keith Mitchell uh, uh, with his speed on the outside and inside stuff so a lot of players doing what they had to do it meant a lot you know because our defense was playing lights out all night and we wasn't you know doing what we usually do putting points on the board for those guys but I'm grateful we have a great defense you know because without them we know how this game would have went so Lamar Jackson praising the D, but also recognizing that they were able to close this out with an offensive touchdown. Uh, he's just the fourth player in NFL history with 10,000 passing yards and 5,000 rushing yards. And he's the fastest quarterback in the league to ever eclipse 5,000 rushing yards by some 20 games, I think. It's maybe 22 games. Don't quote me on that. 22 games faster than Michael Vick. And so Lamar Jackson, as you hear from his head coach, is kicking butt and making history. 200 rushing yards for the team as a whole, which leads to ball control. Control the ball, you control the game. Even when they weren't putting points on the board, they were keeping it away from the Chargers. And, of course, the defense has been terrific. Kyle Hamilton, part of a very stingy crew. We missed the field goal and we go out and I think we were up three at that point. I think Roquan or somebody said it's just like if they don't score, they don't win. So it's on us at the end of the day, no matter what happened. Um, in this moment right now, the fourth quarter, it's on us to get stopped. Um, and we did. So uh, it's a big part of our dub. But I feel like individual efforts from a lot of guys around the field really help. Yeah, the Ravens have figured out a formula that works for them. And it really does epitomize the AFC North. It's not all that different from the Steelers and the Browns, though I think you would say because of Lamar Jackson and the offensive weapons that the Ravens can employ, the ways they can hurt you, even uh, when we don't have Mark Andrews on the field. By we, I just mean we as NFL fans. I don't mean we as in me. I was laughing, actually, at some of Bob's family over the weekend because they were dropping the we, referring to Texas and Texas A&M. <laughs> anyway, the Ravens are knockdown drag out. They can beat you in a rock fight if they need to. They can play ball control. But have you noticed they're handing off to their quarterback less and less, handing off. They're allowing their quarterback to run less and less. They don't have as many design plays for their QB. They do not want Lamar Jackson to get battered and bruised. Now, can he scramble? Can he extend plays? Absolutely. Do they want him to be the primary running back? Hell to the gnaw. And that is a change with the new offensive coordinator in the new system this year. So all of that is good for the Ravens, despite the injuries they've had. And they've had a bunch to starters on both sides of the ball. They continue to be gritty and gutsy and really experienced. I know they got some young guys like Keaton Mitchell, Zay Flowers. They're both rookies. But they've got some experience at the core positions. And that gives them an edge over other teams that maybe are newly rebuilt. So I do love the consistency under John Harbaugh. He's one of the longest tenured coaches in all of football, but in the AFC. And 
depending on what happens with Bill Belichick in New England, uh, he and Mike Tomlin, uh, Steve, let's see, Seattle and Pete Carroll, too. Those are some of your longest tenured coaches in Kansas City as well. But you understand why these are some of the best teams in the league, because they've got coaches that have been around for a long time. We're going to get to Pittsburgh and, and uh, Cleveland and Cincinnati, the rest of the AFC North coming up a little bit later on. We've got Jacksonville and KC, of course. Weird to say, but the longest win streak in football belongs to the Broncos. But again, just a, an underscore of how much tougher the AFC is. I actually heard one talking head, I think it was NFL Network, say something along the lines of, it might have been Westwood one, say something along the lines of, yeah, the a- NFC is not nearly as interesting. It's just kind of boring, status quo. <laughs> what? The Eagles, uh, they don't play boring games is anything but boring for Philadelphia and we will get to them coming up so still want to give you some reaction from the Chargers who have fallen to four and seven again what happens there I don't know but they have tried various coaches they've tried different systems they seem to run into a glass ceiling they might be good but it's fool's gold it's been this way for the Chargers for a long time it's gold plate if you will If you're a female, you know exactly what that means. It's liable to wear off and become ugly when you need it to be shiny. But it's not real. It's fool's gold. We'll also talk a little bit about the eight and three teams in the NFC on this edition of the show because the Cowboys had a loud Thanksgiving win. The Lions ended up putting themselves in too big of a hole on Thanksgiving. And so they lose to the Packers, but they're also eight and three. And then you've got the San Francisco 49ers. Not a flashy game necessarily, but taking care of business inside their division on Thanksgiving night. There was a, I would say there was a, an entertaining element to the Thanksgiving games, but I always appreciate when they don't go down to the wire because then you don't have to, when you're kind of in a turkey stupor or you're tired, you've been up all day, blah, blah, whatever. Uh, you got family and friends around or you have to clean up after family and friends. I kind of appreciate that you can watch them out of one eye. You don't necessarily have to be taking notes the whole time. And so, yeah, the games weren't all that competitive on Thanksgiving. The Lions made it look that way and I suppose had a chance late, but the Cowboys and the Niners made quick work of their opponents and so not super entertaining in terms of their competitive value but still Thanksgiving is not complete without football you can find me on Twitter a law radio on our Facebook page too we're good uh, good we're good to connect we're glad to connect as well after what was an extended holiday break thanks for reconvening Uh, Coming up, we'll do a little bit inside the AFC West as a piggyback on the Chargers loss on Sunday Night Football. We're going to talk live with our friend Rob Long from Baltimore in the final hour of the show because, yeah, the this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Ravens are in a really good spot going into their bye. Couldn't ask for more. It's After Hours, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Chargers have all three timeouts, so if they don't get it, the game would not be over. But obviously looking to keep possession here. Two receivers left, two to the right. Allen in motion from right to left. Herbert back in the shotgun. He's got Eckler to his right side. Play clock is at five. Herbert wants the snap. He's got it. Back to pass. Looking left. Under pressure. Hit as he throws. Incomplete. Arthur Millett came on the blitz, wrapped up Herbert, who made a desperation throw, and the Ravens take over with 1.51 to go. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. It is really difficult to win when you turn the ball over four times, and even though... It didn't result in a real spark for the Ravens' offense. What it does is keep the ball out of the hands of Justin Herbert or take the ball out of the hands of Justin Herbert. And so the offense has this kind of stop-and-start rhythm to it. It's very disjointed, can't really find a flow or a groove because you're constantly giving the ball back to Baltimore or just when you think you've settled in, then... Uh Uh-oh, another turnover. So, yeah, losing that turnover battle, a big deal on Sunday Night Football. They've got DBs, linebackers who can rush. Uh, They've got interior pass rush, edge rush. So they're a very uh, complete unit. Um, And they played the way they played all season. So there weren't any surprises out there. Um, You know, we just didn't execute well enough tonight. I thought they did a good job, but, you know, unfortunately, I don't I don't think that we executed the way we would have liked to have. Um, You know, I got to be able to get the ball out quicker. I got to make some checks. You know, it wasn't good enough on our part today. So the Ravens end up doubling up the Chargers 20 to 10. And this one taking place in L.A. as the Chargers now fall to four and seven. You know that Brandon Staley has gotten a little defensive lately. Uh, That's a funny choice of words, but it's true. Uh, Last week, he was defensive about his defense. And on Sunday night, he was defensive about his offense. We lost as a team tonight, um, you know, in a game like that where it's low scoring, where it turns into a defensive game, you know, you got to get one more stop. And that's what we needed to do at the end of the game is just get one more stop, give Justin one more op, and, and we weren't able to do it. Uh, I thought our defense really competed tonight. Um, I thought we were ready for the challenge, and I thought our guys um, really played at a high level for most of the game. Um, but we didn't get it done as a team. You know, we didn't go get the ball tonight, and that's what we needed to do on defense to win it. I don't get into the business of predicting coaches that will lose jobs. There's always some surprises. I would be stunned, though, if Brandon Staley is still coaching for the Chargers next year. And I would be stunned if Ron Rivera is still coaching for the Commanders. Now, that has started to become much more of a report uh, in, as opposed to a rumor in the D.C. area with the brand-new ownership. I don't think that's a huge surprise. Out of respect for Ron Rivera, they're unlikely to fire him before the season is done. 
but it's gone from bad to worse there. And I think he knows it. And pretty much everyone who's around that organization knows that your new ownership led by Josh Harris wants to start fresh and bring in a team and try to find a quarterback, whether it's Sam Howell or another, they can uh, hitch their wagon to. It's been too many years of too many changes, constant change equals constant losing. And it certainly has been the case in DC. They just never could find the right fit at quarterback. And as much as I love Ron Rivera and hope he gets another opportunity, it's really been a mess in D.C. the entire time he's been there, though I admire him greatly. So there are two places where I think coaching changes are likely to, they're likely to take place, but also likely because of the fact that it's it's not a lack of talent. It's the fact that they cannot find the winning formula. It's the fact that they should be winning and they're not. And that's the part that is so confusing and so frustrating to so many people. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You can find us on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on our Facebook page. In the AFC West, don't look now, but the Broncos, with their unlikely formula, continue to churn out victories. And this was a game that a lot of people were looking at. Browns in Denver, where the Broncos were able to put together a couple of long touchdown drives in the first half, each of them 80 yards and a pair of rushing touchdowns by Samaji Pirine and Russell Wilson. Now, Cleveland, if you remember, is using a rookie quarterback in Dorian Thompson Robinson, and the Browns are able to start the third quarter with a six-and-a-half-minute drive, DTR to Harrison Bryant for a short touchdown, but not that long after, he gets hit right about the goal line, actually, on a roughing the passer call and has a head injury and is forced to leave the game that's late in the third quarter. And really, the Denver defense continues what's been the hallmark of this five-game win streak. Walker hit in the end zone, and he will be pulled down. Did he get out of the end zone or not? I don't think he did. It is a safety for the Broncos. And that was Zach Allen. Zach Allen, Nick Benito there, too. We'll see if they split that sack. Credit our players on defense, Vance and his staff. We got into you know some heavier fronts to try to take away one of their strengths. And fortunately, we jumped ahead early on in that first half. And we have a game where we have three takeaways. I think that's four weeks in a row now. Yeah, did you know the Broncos have 15 takeaways in their last four games? There's a major reason why they have won five in a row. And again, not always pretty. Sometimes their offense can be just as brutal, but they've got 10 points off turnovers. You want to hand them that many takeaways or that many extra possessions, they certainly can capitalize on them. So Denver is now six and five with the five consecutive wins. And yeah, for the, for the Broncos to be in playoff position is pretty crazy. I mean, they still have plenty of room for improvement and yet Russell Wilson and Sean Payton have got a strong connection. Russ is playing solid football, not turning the ball over and it's working for Denver. We ran the ball extremely well. Made some, you know, key key catches and passes in the in the in the passing game when we really needed to. Um, and guys just made plays. How about Troutman's catch? Oh, that was pretty sweet. Obviously, very disappointed. Uh, didn't play how we set out to play. Uh, just didn't play clean. We put the ball on the ground five times. Penalties. 
uh, we didn't stop the run like we expect to. So we have to learn from it, and then we got to uh, you know play a lot better, coach a lot better next week. But um, disappointed, obviously, with with that result. Kevin Stefanski there on the Browns' effort, and he he refers to the turnovers. Now, did not have an update on their rookie quarterback. P.J. Walker had to come in and finish out the game for the Browns, but nothing on DTR except concussion protocol. Uh, but it's, uh, it's the fumbles, and it's the turnovers that lead to the extra possessions. And again, even for Denver, uh, Russell Wilson is able to find Adam Troutman. If you haven't seen this highlight, it's it was originally ruled – uh, that he was out of bounds and not a touchdown, but he catches the ball as he's falling down to his knee on the right side of the end zone and is able to get that whole knee in bounds so that the TD counted. Uh, that's where Russ is referring to Adam Troutman. And so now you've got the Broncos at six and five. Meanwhile, the Browns still a better record. They're seven and four, tied with the Steelers, but the Ravens still on top of the AFC North. All right, we're going to dive into Bills and Eagles next. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 